Good evening. <laughs> Welcome to your night story. To your left, you'll find the ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I will take you to the hidden hills of France. <laughs> That's actually my kind of TV. Yeah. Whatever you just said. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Have you guys seen those commercials on YouTube? It's mainly YouTube, I think. Huh. Or, but it's um for common. It's those nighttime stories. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it's that it's that beautiful like sounding man that tells you a nighttime story. I'm always weird. They're going to say something weird when I'm sleeping and subconsciously reprogram me. Oh, that's a good point. Honestly, that's why I would never listen to that. I'm like, what if they all of a sudden are like, kill your mom or something? All right. (laughs) It scares me. Guys, we just figured out how to use the sound effects on the soundboard. Our lives will never be the same. And yours will never... (laughs) Sounds about right. Just kidding. Welcome to the podcast. It's Lindsay and Krista. And uh, we're glad you found Almost 30. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. Whether you're almost 30 or you know not, we accept you and love you. And we're so grateful that you're here. We started this four years ago now. It's just past our four-year anniversary. And um, we were working full-time jobs the first couple of years. And it's been so nice to just focus on growing our community, supporting the community, growing ourselves as leaders, and bringing amazing guests on. You know, like the lovely lady we have on today. Yeah. Camila Coejo is on the podcast. We'll get to that soon. But we just had a week off at almost 30, mm-hmm. which was real, real nice. How was it for you? It was so good. We had um, we had someone inspiring on the podcast uh, before talking about um, who is an entrepreneur who runs her own business. And we were so inspired by the fact that she takes off a few weeks or she has company-wide shutdowns for two weeks of the year. So Lindsay and I were inspired to do that as well. So we did a company-wide shutdown in the summer. And then we're going to do another one after Christmas before New Year's, just so everyone can take time off. And we realized this year, you know, I realized during our week off, I hadn't had a vacation at all. I know. You know, hadn't taken any time off. And I think a lot of people are that way when you don't have the travel, you know, with work. I'm sure it's kind of weird, especially too, when you're at a corporate job. Like, how do you take time off when you're just at home? Mm -hmm. And I also think like the busyness has really given people a sense of quote unquote normalcy. Yeah. So it's just like, let's just keep working. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but it was really nice to take some time off. And I think it, one of the things that made me realize was, kind of the low level of stress that I would I would create myself because that felt normal to me. And when I when I was off, I went away like locally here in California, but I really allowed myself to relax and I was like, oh, I can be like this and then also be productive. <laughs> it was like I agree. I don't it know. It was like one of those things. Totally. Yes, I know exactly what she you always laughs when I'm being I just I sometimes to... I just look at you and Justin when you guys are talking totally. seriously and I just start to laugh because it's like I don't know it's just so cute oh thanks but it's true it's like it, it's one of those stupid things that anyone would be like uh yeah when you're not stressed yes. like you feel better and more productive but I was like it was a I know exactly a what monumental realization I was like oh my god it's okay. a nervous system thing I can do and I just felt like I wanted to like do the things that I've been saying I wanted to do. I finally had like the clarity and the motivation to do it. I had a really good idea for something and it visited me. And then I said to the idea, I'm like, please come back if you're meant for me. And it never did. Oh, I literally was like, this is my million dollar fucking idea. And I was, it was during our week off. I'm like, oh, here it is. And then it left me for dead. And I- You like, you don't remember nope. it. I, I, oh. I sat in that moment. I'm like, oh, please come back. And I was like, I should have written it down, but no. But so I left, I lost it completely. But I think it's such a nervous system thing here for being in the city. And I'm sure for most people, just now, the way that things are, we're so plugged in. Yes. And yeah, there's a constant, there is a constant energy being here that I have as well. And that's when I think about, you know, potentially moving. I'm like, oh man, I'd love to have that ability to be really productive and focused, but not have that additional like freaking... Completely. I'm like a like one of those like angry cats. Mm-hmm. I my felt nervous like, system. Like for part of my trip, I was like in the forest, and I was like, I could work from the like yes. I could do this. I need a treehouse because it's almost like right there, so you're not feeling like so far away from the nature, from the quiet moments. It's more integrated rather than the reward at the end of like a long work season or whatever. It Completely. Is. Yeah, I know. I think that's why everyone's leaving cities. 
I know. You know, there's so many papers and articles that have been coming out about people having exoduses from big cities and moving to middle of America, moving to Boise, Idaho, moving to all these different places because I think people are realizing you know, what matters or or their priorities are probably changing. And so now people that can work remote or maybe they've lost their job and they were living in a city are forced to leave. But I think it's like a really beautiful thing. There was the article James Altucher wrote about mm. New York. Did you? No, I didn't. So James Altucher, who is the podcaster and he's a writer, he wrote about uh, New York City and he has lived in New York City for a long time. And it was talking about how New York City is dead and it's never coming back. And it was like, He's been there through the dot-com booms, like through Sandy, through all these different situations in New York. And he said that this one is like unsalvageable and mm. that it's never going to be the same, which, you know, I have no opinion on that, but I thought it was like an interesting yeah. perspective to think about that because there's high, you know, apartment vacancy. There's a lot more crime now. It's just, I'm sure it's so different there because the subways aren't, don't feel safe and, you know, all things like that. Yeah. I don't think anything is going to be the same. Yeah, that's true. You know, but I think it's such a contrast with a city like New yeah. York and even LA. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't know if this place is going to be the same mm-hmm. either. There's just so much like devastation on like the business front where mm-hmm. I'm like, how the heck are people mm-hmm. like... Well, did you hear about the Uber Lyft thing? Yes. So they're, you know, in California, I believe, they're potentially going to shut down having Uber and Lyft in mm-hmm. California. So that is so many contract jobs that will be lost for people that drive Uber and Lyft. It's it's alarming. And I'm also thinking about drunk drivers. I mean, big facts. Yeah. And this is a driving city. Yes. And I, I just don't... I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think they... You know, where we are now, they push the legislation to the week after or something like that. So they haven't made the final decision. But that will be devastating. I know. You know? I know. Yeah, it's actually funny thinking about like all the because you're the same way, like having conversations with Uber, Uber and Lyft drivers. But so many of them have created like such a substantial living, whether it's a side hustle or their full time job. It's really incredible. Yeah, same so, with Airbnb. Yeah, oh my gosh, you know all of that. I think that's kind of picking up though, because I think people are now yes traveling is. for weekends and things like that. But they lost a billion dollars worth of reservations when COVID hit. Really, a billion. And then they, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was a How I Built This and it was a resiliency uh, series. And one of the founders was saying they paid out um, hosts like over $250 million just to something for them. Because they, this is how they pay their mortgages and like really made a substantial living. But yes, they are coming back. Thank goodness. Wow. I stayed in, in an Airbnb during this last week and I was like, it's just, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. It really is the coolest thing. It's cooler, thing. it's the worst thing. Truly. Some Airbnbs have been <laughs> I mean, fucking I agree, but when it's dumps. good, it's like, it's very cool. We've stayed at dumps. I mean, Not total dumps, but like mini dumps. So in Austin, we stayed at an Airbnb. Yeah. Airbnb, Airbnb that was... Um, Not the vibe. What would you call it? It, <laughs> it was just like a, it was like, it felt like a prison cell. Yeah, it did. The bed was like made of straw. <laughs> it was made of... And there was multiple levels. Yeah. Like bugs in the corner. It was really yeah. a bad call. <laughs> so that's the whole thing is that, you know, we actually made the call to stay there and then stayed there. So it's completely on us. But yeah, it's just funny. Like as I get older now too, though, I'm like, I don't really like Airbnb as much because you got to coordinate and you got to oh, find the yeah. code. You got to DM them. Now I'm like, oh man, just like... I want to check in. There's certain there's certain places where I like an Airbnb. Yes. But then there's certain places where I'm like, hotel or bust. Yes. It just depends. Yes. It depends on the vibe. It depends on my age. I'm just getting older yeah. in so many ways. Like my mom came to LA and had an Airbnb and like couldn't get a hold of her Airbnb. And then ended up so angry at him, had oh. to stay with us. It was like... Parents like, and Airbnb. Yes. And parents, parents and Uber. And, parents and Uber can't. Oh my gosh. My dad loves Uber though. Oh, really? Loves. My dad does not. Really? Well, because he has to talk to people. No, my dad's my dad's favorite. Oh yeah, my mom loves that. He lo- he's a question asker like me, so he that's what he enjoys so much. He's yeah. like, oh, I love it. That's nice, dude. I know, honestly. <laughs> oh my god, when I lived in Chicago out of college, I never my parents never paid for anything, but I like was a rebel and I took my dad's credit card and I used to charge my Airbnb, my uh, Ubers to it. 
And one time he was like, hey, can you tell my credit card company that this Uber company keeps trying to steal money from me? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, totally, dad. I got you. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Holy moly. All right. I'm looking forward to this one. Oh my gosh, you guys. Camila is such a light and angel. So gracious. So kind. And this feels like just a different way to see her and like really dig in and get to know her. And I felt like a, a toe on screen staring at her. <laughs> Literally, I was like, I actually was smiling at myself the whole time looking on camera because I looked like a, an actual toenail. <laughs> Compared to her, she's so beautiful. I I was like literally laughing out loud to myself. She's so beautiful. And she's just so kind. She's self-made. Like she's truly incredible. And I really love her story. I love her passion. And I love talking. You know, I love that we got to really go deep together and get emotional. Yeah, it was was really, really special. Camilla struggles with epilepsy. Uh, She was diagnosed uh, when she was younger in her teens and has only recently opened up about this, but it's helped so many people already. So it was just really important and special that we talked about this on the pod and yeah she just started sharing about it yeah. you know in 2020 and i remember being someone that follows her just her coming out you know in a way with her story and feeling so much more connected to her you know in it and we also talked about her desire to be a mother you know there's actually complications that happen when you have epilepsy and you're trying to get pregnant and you know she was really emotional we were tears were shed and she talked about her desire to be a mom and that priority that she had in her journey yeah and yeah. her building her own makeup brand like she used to work at a makeup counter mm-hmm. she came from brazil like yeah she is truly she has built her brand from the ground up so she has her clothing line but then she also just recently released uh, ella luz which was her dream yeah. to create a and it's, cosmetic oh, I love line. It's clean, organic. Mm-hmm. All the things. Literally everything you want in a, yeah. in a cosmetic brand. Like, I remember we talked about her her yes. pillars for the business and it was just like really proud. Yeah. I was really proud of her. Yeah, so incredible. So I think you're going to love this episode. You can learn more about Camilla at camillacoejo.com and you can also find her on Instagram as well. And just a few pieces of news from Almost 30. We're really excited to uh, bring you our new Paradigm Digital Workshop series again. Another round of just incredible workshops. The lineup is real special. Yeah, it's amazing. So we're announcing the lineup soon for our upcoming extra new Paradigm Workshop series. We have body acceptance. We have breath work. We have light language. We run across the board. And then also we have our huge four-year anniversary sale. Lindsay and I started this four years ago. And this weekend, we have a 30% off everything in the shop sale. So every single course, downloadable, even Podcast Pro. And the apparel, everything that we have in the shop and in Podcast Pro is 30% off just this weekend to celebrate our four years of almost 30. Holy moly. Holy moly. So this starts today and runs until Monday. Awesome. Can't wait. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. If this episode was one that you loved and you think someone else would you know, love to listen, it always means so much to us that you pass it along to people. That's how we've grown and just connected more with you. So we appreciate you and we will see you on the other side. Yep. We'll see you on the other side. Like, I feel so relieved. I was so overwhelmed. Oh my God. The past, I mean, I've been working on this brand for two years and I have put like all of me in it. So much effort, so much love, so much like everything. And, you know, the past weeks have been insane for me. Like just the anxiety and, you know, all the the last minute behind the scenes stuff that we needed to do before launching it. Like I wanted to make sure everything was perfect and that we were ready. And, you know, I'm like a, I'm like, I'm a creative. So I want to make sure that I'm also like involved in everything. And I'm also doing a bunch of content. So it was really crazy and overwhelming, but I feel so relieved and so happy right now that it's live and that everyone can see it and, you know, have access to it. So it's great. It's an amazing feeling. You should be so proud. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. We have our lip and cheek stain and the 24 karat 
lip therapy. So thank you so much for sending those over. We love it. And yeah, I just can't imagine how it feels to have kind of that like that creative birth where there's just so many eyes and so many opinions and for it to be out there and really just reaching the people that it should. It must feel so good. I hope you guys love it. And you know, you will see the exciting part about Eloluz is that we're launching at least one or two products every month. So you know, every month is like a birth of a different. <laughs> Are you ready? Every <laughs> <laughs> oh. month I'm gonna feel pregnant. I know what to say. I'm like, are you like? It's not over, but I mean, thinking about you know where you came from, you know how you grew up, and from working at a makeup counter to being someone that was obsessed with beauty to be at this place. Like, did you ever think you would be doing something like this? Like truly a fulfillment of your dreams? Honestly, no. I grew up in a very small town in Brazil where, you know, access to the world and things was so limited for me. I grew up in a town of like 15,000 people, like countryside of Brazil. And like, I mean, as a little girl, I had all these dreams, right? Like, honestly, I I never thought that I could even get half the way I did. And, you know, moving to the United States with my family and seeing my mom work so hard after a divorce really inspired me to be independent early and to go after my dreams and believe in myself and believe that I could achieve them. And, you know, my mom has always been so inspiring to me. And I started working early. I remember in high school, I signed up for the cheerleading team and last minute I just gave up on it. And I was like, you know what? I just want to work, like have a little job on the side, you know, the free time, like twice a week after school, I can just work, you know, at this pizza place. And I, I it felt good to like have that little independence so early and mm-hmm. not have to ask my mom for money. And I remember her telling me like, Mala, you don't have to work. You're 16 years old. And I remember that was the age that I could work, you know, like in the United States. And I was like, yes, I want to work. Like I want to have my money. And I, in that, that little independence, that first feeling of independence I had was so good. And, you know, I was like happy and proud and, and, you know, that I, I didn't have to like bother my mom or, or worry her about, you know, that little money that I needed for movie nights or, you know, to even buy something for myself. So it started that way. And um, after high school, I I was such a geek actually in school. And I'm really going deeper here into my yes, stories. <laughs> yes. uh, and I was such a geek. I was an honor roll student, great grades. And, you know, and my mom, of course, and I thought I always loved school and I thought I was going to go straight to college. And I, I don't know what it was, but it was definitely like, I feel it was, I feel so blessed. And I feel like God is always watching over me. And I feel like, you know, the decisions I've made in my life, I always try to listen to my heart. And that was what my heart was telling me at the time. I didn't want to apply for college right away. I felt like, you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I've always been super creative. And because of that, that was what I was struggling with the most, deciding what I wanted to do exactly. And that gave me also a pressure because I knew, you know, my mom was going to help me somehow, you know, go to college and I didn't want to make the wrong decision. And I remember having this conversation with my mom saying, you know, mom, please, like, I just need at least six months. I need to figure things out. I need to, like, I want to feel a hundred percent when deciding like what I want to do. And of course she was devastated and she was so sad. And, you know, she wanted to see me, you know, go to college right away. And, you know, and I remember I looked in her eyes and it still gives me chills to say this. And I said, mom, I promise you that I will make you proud. Please like believe in me. And um, throughout my life, like in those, you know, even those first months, it was all I had in my mind. I need to make my mom proud. Like I just need to figure things out. And my first job actually was at a makeup counter. I just wanted to actually get a job to like give myself some time. And I got a job at a department store, Macy's at the time. Mm -hmm. And I started working at the Christian Dior counter selling makeup. And I... I I hated the the retail hours, I have to be honest. But one thing that touched me so much, even the first weeks I was there, was the fact that 
I was like, in a way, just by selling makeup, I was empowering women. And I was, you know, people with different needs and different backgrounds and different moods would, you know, get to the counter and they would all leave with a smile on their faces. I mean, most of them. And that would just make my day. And it was from that that I decided to become a makeup artist. And from my makeup artist years was what got me into social media, into YouTube. And that is how I was able to, you know, build the career I have today. It was really, truly by following my heart. And yes, I did doubt myself at a lot of moments, especially thinking, you know, am I going to make my mom proud? Is this Mm -hmm. the right thing? But I truly listened to my heart. And, you know, I'm so glad I did. And I feel so blessed with all the opportunities I've had in my life. But I worked hard and um, it got me to where I am today. But answering your question, eight years ago when I had already started on YouTube, I never imagined that, you know, I could do so much. You know, I've traveled the world. I've worked with so many brands. I've accomplished so many things. And I launched my fashion label last year. And now I'm launching my beauty brand, which, which is my biggest dream. And yeah, I, I've never, in every little step and every little accomplishment of my life, I feel so grateful and I don't take anything for granted because I know how it all started. I know where I come from. I know mm-hmm. I worked so hard to get here. And so and I'm so grateful, you know. Yeah, that's so powerful. And, you know, especially the part about doing what maybe your mom didn't see for you, I think is is really powerful because there is a point in all of our growing up and evolution where... We do know what's best, truly. And not that your mom didn't, but it was that decision and that trust in yourself that probably in that moment, she was like, okay, I totally trust you. How have you maintained like that trust in yourself and in your heart as you've you know, grown your brand, your YouTube, um, started new brands, had have so many eyes on you? How do you remain true to that? So... You know, listening to my heart is a big thing. And like my feeling so strong, even with like relationships or things, or I, I just have such a strong feeling about th- that energy, about things in general and relationships as well. And so I always try to listen to my heart. You know, a lot of times I have to make hard decisions and I stop and I'm like, okay, what is my heart really saying? So, and, and try to, you know, with my community, try to be, even though, I grew so much and there's there's only so many things I can do. I st- I really try to stay close to them and make sure that they know I'm here and that I'm listening to their feedback. You know, making sure they know that I'm here uh, is so important to me. And it's I feel like, you know, having the right people with me by my side is so important. It has been so important always. Like my husband is my business partner. He's the person I've been with since I was 17 years old. And, mm. you know, he's someone that I'm so grateful to have with me, like building this business and, and building all of it and experiencing it with me because I know he wants the best for me and for us. And, you know, to have, even when it comes to my team as well, like I want to make sure I have people that kind of, you know, think like me and have the same you know, like that I feel are good human beings and people who who are kind of like me and think kind of the way I do. Not that we all need to be the same. We're all very different, actually. Like our team is very diverse, but, you know, it helps you. The team, the people you have by your side really helps you make the right decisions. And, you know, if you have someone that maybe treats people in a different way that you do or that thinks completely different in certain ways, like it's not going to... Mm-hmm. bond together. I don't know if you guys know yes. what I'm saying. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so well, but you know, that is very important to me and to, for me to stay true to myself. This year, I feel like it's been such a transparent year for me. I've shared about so many things about my personal life. And, you know, I think social media needs that as well, because it's gotten to a point that you look at social media and you just see a filter of everyone's perfect lives. Right. And there's this whole new generation that there were so many kids that are having depression or going through such terrible time because of social media. Like they see people's lives there and they look at their lives and like, oh my gosh, my life is terrible because, you know, everyone, all these people have amazing lives and living great things. And I'm here at home. I don't have... So 
for us that have a voice, for us that have big platforms, it is such a big responsibility that we share on our everyday that, yes, we have great opportunities. We do what we love, but we have struggles. We have, you know, we face things that are hard. And, you know, this year I shared about my epilepsy, which was so scary uh, to finally share, but I know how much it helped so many people, even not just with epilepsy, but also struggling with accepting themselves. So it's been a very transparent year. And I feel like, you know, it's one thing also that's helping me stay true and 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 to, you know, face all of... Because social media is not easy, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys yes. know that. It's, you know, you get great feedback, but you also get, you know, the negative feedback and trying to filter that and accept it in a positive way. You know, sometimes it can hurt you and it can bring you down, but you know, knowing that you're doing the right thing and and learning how to accept these negative comments too is so important. So all of that, it's a mix of different things has helped me stay true to, to myself and you know, to always be honest uh, with everything I do, saying a lot of no's to brand opportunities as well. It's so important. You know, keeping my followers trust is a huge thing. And so, yeah, I've, I've always said since the beginning, a lot of no's because, you know, whatever I, I, I come here and say, I like this product or I, I like this brand, it needs to be true. It needs to be organic or else, you know, I've always thought of it in the long term. And, you know, I want to keep these people like they're their family to me, almost like, you know, and I see like when I see my followers, it's like, I'm like, they see me as a friend and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because like a lot of, you know, I don't know them, but they see me as a friend and, and it, that is the best feeling mm-hmm. you know, to know that they trust me and they have me as, you know, someone special in a way in their everyday lives. Love that. Especially, you know, having the people around you. And I think with someone like you, it's like, I don't, when people aren't in social media or in this world, it's like, they're like, oh, you travel all the time and then you take a picture. And then, you know, it's, it's so much more complex than that, especially because you're running a team. And that's something, you know, on like a much smaller scale we work with too, which is like being the, the face of the brand or whatever you're doing. And then also running the team. It's like a really hard balance because you're kind of switching, you know, to being a CEO and then being, who you are online. Do you ever struggle with that balance of of doing both, being the public figure and running the business? Yes. Yes, so much. I... We're not alone. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Selfish question. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's insane because yeah, the business is a whole other, you know, story. And it's a it's something I overthink every day. Like Am I doing the right thing? This I'm used to, you know, before having a business, I was just used to this platform of, you know, it's like me there, but now with the business, I'm also need to think, okay, I'm the, I'm the founder of this brand and how do we, it's so much, there's so much pressure, but I think, and so much work as well. I think, you know, with all of my, with my two brands, I try to be as involved as I can when it comes to like content and, you know, creating content and putting my face there as well. But no, I'm 100% involved in creating all of it behind the scenes. And that with one brand itself, it's like a full-time job, right? Just And now I'm like running two brands and then there's my personal as well, uh, my personal platform. It's, it's crazy. But again, I am so grateful that I have an amazing team that, you know, and my team, I feel like my team is always telling me, Camilla, you like, Calm down, like you. <laughs> My husband is always telling me, like I, <laughs> I a lot, and I, you know, I. It's hard. It's really hard when you love something, you're so passionate about it. And when you are creative as well, it's hard to let some things go and like give to someone else to do for you, right? For sure. And that is what I struggle the most with. Is there anything or conversations that you have that that really cater to your? you know, um, personal relationships so that the business can thrive, right? Like just kind of supporting both. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Having a lot of people ask me this, like, how is it working with your husband? Like, don't you guys fight all the time? And, you know, in the beginning, it was hard trying to separate biz, like personal from business. Mm. It's, you that end up, you know, you're living together, you're working together. So 
in our personal lives, we always end up talking about business because, you know, we're dreaming together. We're trying to accomplish all these things together. It's very exciting, but it got to a point that we needed to really try to separate things where, you know, we kind of set up rules in the house. Uh, like we try not to talk about business after a certain hour and we have our own moment. Like we're watching, you know, after seven, we truly try not to open emails. Or if I do open an email, I don't talk about it with him. I leave it for next day because that personal relationship is so important. And that is the base to, you know, to have our business grow stronger because we are the base of it. We are, you know, the heads of it. And our personal relationship needs to be good for mm-hmm. the business to, to grow and be great. So we really take care of our, and we've learned so much throughout the years. Like this wasn't just like overnight. Okay. We're going to set these rules, you know, and um, we know how important it is to, for our personal life to be amazing, to be happy. And that we always talk about that, you know, like, for example, I, I want to be a mother. He wants to be a father. And, you know, we always prioritize our personal dreams first over mm. professional And, you know, when it comes to professional life, like it's amazing to have, you know, your partner, someone that you love and someone that you trust with you building it together. Uh, But it's, it was truly like over the years, a learning process of how to work with each other, how to, you know, some, sometimes I, if it wasn't my husband, I would probably say in a different way, something that I want to like come across because it's my husband, I just say it another way. And it, 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 same thing to him, with him, you know? And I'm like, wait, if it was like, you know, <laughs> someone else, would you speak that way? You know, like, <laughs> so we always have things here and there. It's a learning process. And I feel like, you know, we've learned so much and we're making it work. And the best thing is that that makes us so strong at the end is that we are both fighting for and for the same dream. Yes. It's the best with family because you can speak to each other in that way. And it's like, that's the best part, but also the worst part because you you do speak to each other in that way. And for Lindsay and I too, within the business, she's my, you know, my work wife, Mm -hmm. we have to have (laughs) this strong foundation for everything to succeed. So we totally know how you feel. I want to talk about, you know, you coming out or not coming out, but with um, you sharing about your epilepsy journey this year. When when I saw that you speak about it, it was so magnetic. It was like so powerful and just added this like beautiful layer to all these other beautiful layers that you already have for all your followers and your community. It was just so powerful. So, you know, what was your journey with epilepsy? And then how did it feel to finally share with your community? Yeah, you actually, um, you said coming out and exactly... <laughs> Exactly what I said when I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm coming out because for so many years, like my whole life, I, I was diagnosed at nine and I never shared with anyone besides my family and those really close to me. I just kept it and actually putting it out was actually me coming out, like putting it, it out to the world. And it was the most liberating thing. Um, it was so scary. I was diagnosed at nine years old. And I was like playing with my friend. I started feeling my hands closing by itself and I had a seizure and that was like my first seizure. And when you have a seizure, you just, for me, it was like me falling asleep. Right. And I know there's the reactions of it, but me, myself, I've never felt anything. Like I've never felt pain. A lot of people ask me that, what do you feel? I never felt any of that, but the most traumatizing was really like I just went to sleep. But the most traumatizing part of that first seizure of mine was the moment I kind of came back to, you know, kind of like I woke up and to my mom's voice, she was calling my name. We're on the way to the hospital in the car and she kept saying, Camilla, please talk to me. You know, and as a mom, like she must have been so scared like not knowing what exactly was happening to me. And the fact that I couldn't answer her was just, oh my gosh. Like, and I kept thinking of that after, you know, being diagnosed, I didn't want it to happen anymore because I didn't want to hurt any of my family members. Like it was just, 
it wasn't about me. It was like about other people, like those I love. You know, it's it was so weird. Even yeah. as a child, mm-hmm. I didn't want to have it. I wasn't scared of just having another seizure. And in my mind, maybe I didn't know exactly like how dangerous that could be. Like if I had a seizure at a certain place and I could, something bad could have happened to me. But the only thing I would think about was I don't want to have this in front of, you know, my brothers and sister, which ended up happening throughout the years. And that was a bit traumatizing to me. But, you know, I grew up with epilepsy, living a normal life. I have a very controlled epilepsy. I've never had a seizure without medicine. Uh, I mean, I've never had a seizure on medicine, only when I was without medicine, which is a blessing. You know, some people, I mean, they have seizures every day, even on medicine. So there's different types and different levels of epilepsy. Uh, And I, I lived a normal life and I was a happy child. But when it came to my teenage years, that's when I started struggling. When you take an epilepsy medicine, you cannot drink alcohol. And that little detail, that little fact that I couldn't drink like my friends when we started partying and like, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old, it made me feel different. It made me feel like I didn't belong. It made me feel like I was a loser. And I, you know, like, and the questions you ask when you're insecure about something, every little thing people say can affect you. And that is one thing that, you know, I, I tell like my nephew, I tell like, you know, my godchildren, like think about the things you're going to say to your friends because it can affect them. You don't know what they're going through, right? So I, from seven, 16 to 17 years old, I lived, it was a very dark moment of my life. I started asking myself and asking God and the universe, why me? Why do I have this condition? Why do I have to take this medicine? And anyway, making it a little shorter, I decided to get off the medicine by myself without telling my doctors, without telling my mom. And of course, I ended up having a seizure in school in front of all of my friends. And that was terrible. I woke up in the hospital and I just cried. Like I knew what I had done was terrible. I knew it, I put myself up to that. And, you know, after having like such a long conversation with my mom, she said to me, Camilla, like you, you are so lucky because there are people fighting for their lives every single day. There are people really struggling out there. And you know that you can take one medicine every single night and you're going to be okay. So you are so blessed. Can't, like, and she basically made me realize and see, you know, like, my gosh, I should not be complaining. I'm so selfish. And I felt terrible like about what I did. And from that moment on, I worked. It wasn't, you know, I can't say that it was overnight. Oh, I'm overnight. I'm grateful. I'm feeling great about myself. But it was something I really tried to work on and put in my mind that instead of feeling different and unfortunate, I should feel lucky. I should feel blessed. And I am so grateful that I was able to put that in my mind and that I was able to take that negativity. Uh, away. And I started to feel blessed and I started to feel, you know, lucky that I have a controlled epilepsy. Still, I I couldn't talk about it. Uh, Just growing up, my mom always told me, you know, since you have a, a very controlled epilepsy, like no one is going to notice you have anything, right? So you don't have to speak about it. And back then, my mom was trying to protect me for sure. Like she from, you know, getting bullied and still like there's still a huge stigma that exists, you know, about epilepsy. And back 15 years ago, that was even stronger. Like people, a lot of people still this day thinks that people with epilepsy or the, the seizure itself, it's like an act of evil which is so crazy to still yeah. say this. Mm. You know, depending on their religion, some people still believe that. And that stigma needs to end. And, you know, I am by coming out and, you know, building this huge platform throughout the years, what made me want to come out and, and put it out there was to knowing that I could help people and that I could 
somehow try to end this stigma. You know, by myself, maybe I can't, but putting it out there, I could help other people that felt the way I felt when I was growing up and that rejected themselves and that, you know, struggle with accepting themselves. You know, the, the, my life completely changed the moment I started loving myself again, the moment I accepted who I was as I was. And we all have challenges in this life. We all have struggles. There's no such thing as a perfect life. You guys know that. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And we just need to accept our challenges. We all have, we're all going to have different challenges. And once they come, you just need to accept it in a positive way. And I am sure we, we learn from all of it. We grow. And as I have grown and sharing it was the best thing I did. When I shared it, I was actually struggling a lot with the pregnancy part of epilepsy and coming out. It was liberating for me just to come out and and know that, okay, people now know and getting that amazing feedback. And and it was scary. I I have to be honest, like, I didn't know. I I even thought in my mind, you know, some people might just unfollow me. They might think I'm like, Mm. this, you know, like I'm not so normal because this is how certain people, I grew up thinking that like that if I shared with other people that I have epilepsy, they're going to think that I can't process things right or that I, I'm not a normal girl, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was scary putting it up there, but I knew I could help people out and I helped myself so much, even especially with the pregnancy part. So many women shared their stories with me Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I've had two, three kids on medicine and they're all beautiful and healthy. And that gave me so much hope. (laughs) I can't even explain it. Like I was, before I put that video up, I had this big conversation with my doctor where he explained to me that if I got pregnant without medicine, if I got pregnant on medicine, I could have, I could, it could, I could have a risk of affecting my baby and the growth of my baby. And if I, got pregnant without medicine, I could have a seizure and I could lose my child. So both of these options are, I mean, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry. babe. Yeah. But coming out, you know, like made me stronger. It made me have hope. Um, and I feel like Today, I'm in a much better place. I'm doing everything now that I need to do. I decided that I am getting pregnant on medicine. And I know I'm super emotional now, but like I feel so good in, in like where I am today in my life because I accepted that, okay, I'm getting pregnant on medicine and it's going mm-hmm. to be fine. Um, I'm putting it in God's hands. I'm putting it in doctor's hands as well. And, you know, I will have my, my baby and it's going to be amazing. So, you know, I, it's those challenges and struggles that, you know, we all have in our everydays and, and knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm being transparent and I'm being honest as well. And, and somehow with what I'm going through, I could also help other people. It's, it's, it makes me feel great. And, and, you know, to like, I remember before putting that video up, I said to myself, if I can help one person um, that is struggling right now, it's going to be so worth it. And I've seen that, you know, it helped so many people. So it's great. And I have a husband who is the most supportive person. And um, right now I'm in the process of like changing medicines because we're, I'm going to be in a newer medicine that is great for, you know, to get pregnant on and the most recommended and, the past weeks, I was, you know, so busy with building a brand and everything that's going on, but also mentally overwhelmed because I was on both medicines. When you're changing medicines, you are you have to be on both at the same time mm-hmm. and then start lowering your old one. So I was having so many mood changes. There was just so much going on in my life and personal life. But I, you know, I'm so grateful for my husband who's so patient and you know, who understands that, you know, what, what, what I'm going through now is so important for us to, you know, have our family one day. And yeah, mm. but coming out was 
so important. And I don't regret, I, I would do it over and over again. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Thank you for sharing that. So sorry. beautiful. No, so don't be sorry. I started to water up Truly. too. It's um, a lot. And you continue to, I mean, I can't imagine how many people you've yeah. already helped. And as you, you know, just nav- continue to navigate, you're going to help so many more people. So, and and just, you know, the the role that God and your faith mm-hmm. has played in everything that you've accomplished and everything that you've moved through the highs and the lows. I just, I'd love to talk about that because I know it's such a, a big part of your life. I grew up being a Catholic, but it's much more than religion. I truly believe that, you know, when, when you have faith and you believe in your God and you believe that you're, you're having protection growing up for me, that was always like, you know, I always, when I go to sleep, I, I, I say a prayer. I, I, I say, thank you. When I wake up, I say, thank you. And I ask for protection and growing up, I, oh, there was something I've always believed. Like if I'm a good human being, I'm going to get good things back. I always, always, since I was a little girl, like I always thought about life in this way. Like I need to be good. I need to be a good person because that's what I'm going to get later on in my life. That that's going to come back to me. And so in my faith and in and, and believing and being positive, like it, it was always there and it has helped me so much. Even that decision that I made when I was so young to, you know, follow my heart was in a way having faith that and asking God for also like, okay, I all I often do this. And it's, I often, I'm like, I, I say I bother God so much because I'm like, please help me like, you know, make the right decision or, you know, and, and I truly believe like there is a guardian angel. There is, you know, uh, this power and this energy that is, that I'm being surrounded by every day. And that has helped me make decisions in my life that has helped me go through difficult moments of my life. Like having faith, you always, it's all, it's like always having a light shining at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. There's all it's, it's hope. Mm-hmm. And um, with everything I've gone through, faith has played such a huge role in my life. And, you know, in the moment I'm living now, like it's the strongest, like it's the moment where, where I need to have the most faith is that, yes, I'm going to be a mom, Yes, I am going to have a beautiful, healthy child, not just one, more than one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and I, that's what I put, you know, I, I truly believe that the power of attraction, mm-hmm. the energy you put out to the world, that's yeah. what you're going to get. And yeah. every day, you know, if you want to accomplish something, you have a big dream, dream big. Like there's no such thing as a dream that's too big, but look in the mirror, look at yourself and say, yes. I am going to achieve that. I am going to do this. Because if you dream about something, say, yeah, I want to do it. But in your heart, you think, I don't, but I'm not, I don't think I'm actually going to be able to accomplish that. You're bringing that negativity towards it. So everything I do in my life and the dreams I have, I try to be positive in my personal life too. So bringing that positivity in my life and the things I do is so important. It's really the power of attraction. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book. It's amazing. And faith and that positivity and that energy, it's so like tied together. What you bring to your own self. So every day tell yourself that, yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you can. Yes, you, you will go through whatever you're going through and the things will work out. You know, some days we wake up in the morning, we're like, oh, you know, something happens, something so silly, you're like, oh, my day is going to be terrible. If you say that, you put that out to the universe, your day is not going to be good. So I always try, not that I'm always a super positive person. Don't get me wrong. Like there are days that I'm not so positive, but I try to remind myself and to practice positivity every single day in my life and just to, you know, make things easier and to bring that positive energy. You're reminding me. I'm like, I need to come back to that because I've like fallen off. But it is truly a practice, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, and you really have to make the intention to think that way. It doesn't 
it's like you have to monitor your thoughts to really create that positive mentality. And it it does take a lot of work. <laughs> like I think for someone like you would see all your success and it's like, not only are you doing the actual work of you know running the businesses and, and your account and all of your accounts and your social media and your family and everything, but it's like, there is the mental work too, where you have to like create this environment where you're allowing these beautiful things to be manifested. So, so much work is happening, 100%. One thing I I always I say this a lot on like my stories I try to to because people always like also sharing their feelings with me and asking me how do you stay positive and one thing I like to share always is that you know something very simple there are a lot of days especially like during this pandemic now we are all having so many different feelings and you know some days we wake up happy other days we wake up feeling down and the days we wake up feeling down for example a lot of times we don't know even what it is. Like, why are we feeling that way? And instead of, you know, trying to figure out why you're feeling that way, or is it because my life, like, and you try to put all of these different reasons to why you're feeling down, instead of doing that and bringing that negativity towards your day, count your blessings. Okay, I'm feeling down, but you know, I have a husband that loves me. I have a beautiful family or, you know, I have people who care about me. I have a roof on top of my head. I have Mm. food on my table every day. So like start with the very simple blessings that you have in your life. Once you start counting your blessings, you will feel guilty to even think negative, you know? And that is one thing I try to practice every time that I'm feeling down and it helps so much. And I've shared this with my followers and you know, I've gotten great feedback on it because it's so simple. It's something we can all do every day when you don't feel like your best self. And it it truly helps. It helps me. And, you know, I just wanted to put it out there. Like it's counting your, our blessings. It's, it makes life so much more beautiful, you know, and it's, you know, we don't need all of these things, like for us to be happy, mm. we need the simple, most important things, right? And once you realize that, um, everything else is just going to be a plus. So love that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Simple and powerful. I did want to ask because I feel like you are the go-to. So, and in alignment with Ella Luz, any of your favorite like beauty tips, tricks, or just parts of your routine that you're like, okay, I need to share this. Okay. <laughs> I, well, when it comes to routine, there's like three, there's like some Brazilian little things that I do. Yes, uh, please. You know, <laughs> I think taking care of your, your skin and your hair is like a, a very Brazilian thing. So like for makeup, I love beauty. I love putting makeup on and, you know, I love a full face, but taking care of your skin is so important. Like if you don't take care of your skin, your makeup is not going to look that great. You can put the best products on, but you know, taking care of your skin is taking care of my skin is one of the most important things I do. And I, that I like to do. So skincare is number one for me. I do take my time to, you know, take care of my skin at night, do the, the routines and make sure my skin is feeling good, hydrated. And now, especially during quarantine, we don't, we can't do any special treatments. So I try to do like, you know, a face scrub, face mask, but you know, there is this little face mask that I done actually since I was younger living in Brazil that my grandmother used to do. It was with honey, brown sugar, and a little bit of oil like mm-hmm. it can be your serum but it can also be olive oil okay weird stinky but no, no <laughs> your face with it and you know you're gonna get like a glowy and remove your dead skin cells so like it's a good one another another thing from my grandmother that i got was like her crazy hair masks she would put like all of these brazilian ingredients in the blender she would blend it up and it would always have avocado and aloe vera and she would have like her hair cap all day, you know, warming that up and her hair was beautiful. And I used to do that too. So like, these are things, but I think mainly taking care of my skin and taking care of my hair. Those are two things that, you know, if you feel good about your hair, it's so strong, right? Yes. Bad hair, 
girl. Quarantine hand is like is not. I am (laughs) mousy brown, a total vibe. It is like not making me very happy. You're like talking about this. I'm like, I'm gonna dye my hair myself. (laughs) Oh my god, I love those. And the mask, I've tried a honey mask. I literally end up like eating it all. I'm like, (laughs) because it's so sweet. So I'm like trying to lick it off my face. Um, I love those. And I literally, I have to ask your workout routine. Like, what are we doing? What are you... Do you do workouts at home now? Like, what have you been doing since quarantine? I've always been like an active girl. During quarantine now, I tried to do like the live workouts with my trainer. And we stopped a little bit because I was so overwhelmed with the brand. So I stopped doing the lives, but I did save those workouts. So I tried to do at least once a week, like that 30-minute workout. And they're so good. They're going to leave you so sore. Even just working with your own body weight. And those are good for... You know, even I'm saving them for even when I'm back to traveling and know anywhere you are in the world, you can just do it. And, you know, having always a band with me, I always have a band. I'm like obsessed with like flute, but, uh, but workouts, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> I just have the band with me always. Cause I, once I feel like I need a little bump, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a little bit, uh, the band is amazing. You can do so many workouts with the band, uh, especially for legs and glutes. And I'm trying to bike a lot now during quarantine. Me and my husband, we actually bought bikes. So um, nice. Started, and we've just been biking sometimes. It's a great exercise and you're out as well, you know, breathing some fresh air. So it's good. But yeah, exercising, you know, I've ha- I have a very fast metabolism. And so I lose weight very easy. So like when I say that, I hate to say that because... A lot of people are like, oh, what a big problem you have. But you know, each person is different. Some people are trying to maintain their weight, like, you know, in the sense of like, I don't want to gain weight, but I'm always thinking I need a lot of protein. I need carbs in my in my diet because or else I can lose weight really easily. And all my siblings are like that. So I feel blessed that I have good genes, but you know, in terms of like working out, I try to work out. And the day I work out, I I eat a lot of protein to make sure I maintain my muscle mass. You know, mm-hmm. so um, it, it's different for everyone. But I've always tried to do a workout here and there because you know it makes me feel also energized and makes me feel good. But the the workouts with Danny, they're really good. You guys should try it. Oh my so wait, what is? Is it on Instagram or online? What is it called? It's on my IGTV. You okay. see oh, a few of them. Perfect. They're, perfect. They're my workout series. Great. Um, they're great. With your trainer. Great. Yeah, with okay. my trainer. We're on it. Perfect. Gosh, there would be nothing more mortifying than for me than working out in front of 8 million people with my trainer. Like, <laughs> mortifying. Like, I'm so good that you bring this up because I... When I work out with them and I like, he I struggle and I'm like, oh my gosh, all these people watching me like <laughs> yo <laughs> and I'm usually dying and I need to like stay yes. like or else, you know it's, it's like motivating, I guess, for you then. <laughs> when I do without like being live, I slack so much. But you know, it's different. I actually like to be live because it motivates me to actually totally. One hundred percent. A few million people would maybe motivate me a little bit. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Last question from me is: What is one thing that you wish people knew about you that they might not? I mean, well, I I, I just shared so many personal things about me here, but um, one thing I wish everyone knew about me, even though I've spoken about my vulnerability and. You know, I've been transparent with my personal struggles. I wish that everyone who followed me, especially like looking at my Instagram, looking at my lifestyle, I wish they knew that, yes, I have struggles. Yes, I am insecure sometimes. Yes, I I don't have a perfect life. Like there is no such thing. I just, I wish everyone could understand that because there's so many people out there still that you know, look at social media or just look at their neighbor and say, they have a better life. Why don't I have... So I just wish people could, everyone could understand that we all face different things in our lives. And that is what's probably, you know, going to make us grow. That is what is going to help you somehow. Like everything happens for a reason. And, you know, don't punish yourself. Don't 
hate yourself for certain things that happen because they're, you know, people's lives might seem like it's perfect, but it's not. And you never know what is going through in someone's lives. And so I, yeah, I, I wish everyone knew that I do have struggles. I, I, you know, I try to be strong every day and things are not easy as they might seem as they might look. So I know I've shared all of this, like, you know, some of my struggles here, but um, truly what I wish people knew was that not just about life in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I love that. Especially, yeah, it's just, and that goes back to the gratitude and the energy of creating what you want and the law of attraction. So I love that. I would love to end talking about Ella Luz. We are wearing the product now. Mm-hmm. I've got mine in my backpack too. We're <laughs> love. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we're being we're being good students. Um, and just like I, what I loved is just your three pillars of what you guys are about. I was like almost wanting to take them and apply them to our business. <laughs> um, so I'd love to talk about that and just talk about you know the launch overall. Ella Luz, I mean, even the name of this brand means so much to me. It means she's light, and it. It was inspired by, you know, the warmth and the confidence that comes from everyone's individual light. You know, I truly have ever have always believed in that, that everyone has a beautiful light shining inside of them. No matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, we all have this light. And all it takes is for us to acknowledge that and let that light shine through. And that will happen once you accept yourself, once you love yourself. So Ella Luz was inspired by by you know that individual light that we all have. Our pillars are inclusivity and sustainability. And um, inclusivity, when I say that is, you know, I come from Brazil, a very multicultural country, right? My heritage is like I grew up in in this world, like where I, I looked at people from that look so different, but they're all like me and uh, coming from such a multicultural country and having such a global community, I wanted and I felt the desire and I it was my biggest goal for this brand to be representing everyone. And when I say that, you know, it's to be represented in our products, for our products and colors to be for everyone, for, you know, to be represented when we choose our models uh, and also in the back end of it, you know, our team being like diverse and really thinking about, okay, how, who is behind Ella Luz? Um, so that's when we say inclusivity, sustainability really plays. And it's one of the proudest things about Ella Luz for me, because I truly wanted this brand to be sustainable, to be mindful and, you know, have products that, that are good for you and that work for you, not just work for you, but that are also good for you. Right. And we are sustainable in all of it, in our packaging, in our design, in our ingredients. Uh, we are clean, and I'm so proud of that. That was a huge challenge about Ella Luz. Uh, we could have, I could have just given up in the middle of it, in the beginning of it, because you know there was so much back and forth. When even when it comes to designing a package that has to be sustainable, or you know, there's so much that so many limits. So. I'm really happy that again, I followed my heart. It took mm-hmm. two years, but you know, every little approval, like every product that comes to life, we're like, okay, this is approved. It's such a huge accomplishment because we know how many limit, how much limits we have uh, to be a clean, sustainable brand. And that makes me really proud to say that we are, and you know, we already have labels and you know, transparency. I think transparency is so important for a brand in general and for a person in general, but for a brand, you know, to share everything that's in our products and to listen to our customers have to say and to be willing to change as we grow, right? Like I'm building a product that Yes, I've tested it, over tested it, but if you know the feedback is Camilla, maybe you know you should change this or that. This is not working for everyone. Yes, we want to change. We want to, you know, we, we want our products to work for everyone. And I know that sometimes it's hard to achieve, but maybe it's just about creating a whole new product. And you know that transparency is very important to us, and it will be there. So we will be listening to our customers. And that is something very important for Ella Luz. So I'm very proud of this brand. There was so much work and effort 
love put behind it. And, you know, it's crazy that it's finally here and it's available and the products are there. And I'm so excited that we're launching every month. And I'll tease next month we will have skincare. I was going to say, when you're talking about your skincare routine, I was like, okay, I see you. (laughs) I see you. (laughs) It's like, you know, in knowing that everything is natural and like, you know, even our scents are like natural scents and the products are so good for your skin. Like the it's so exciting. So I can't wait. But yeah. It's huge. Yeah. You can really feel the the love and passion in yeah. the products. Truly. Yeah. I'm um, so happy for you. Truly. And thank you so much for yeah. your time and your vulnerability and, and just being you. I think so many people are going to just feel less alone in mm-hmm. listening to your and story. Inspired. I'm inspired. I'm truly inspired. <laughs> yeah. I'm really inspired. Yeah. No, I actually thank you so much. I truly believe that, you know, like anyone, you, no matter where you come from, like, like I said in the beginning, I come from a very small town. Like I was very limited in every, I was very limited. And it, the fact that I'm here today, I'm building a brand in the United States, in another country and having access to so many, like it truly proves that wherever, wherever you are, whoever you are, you are able to be whoever you want to be in this life. And I'm a proof of it. And, um, you know, my goal is to always remind people that, you know, that they they should accept themselves and love themselves every single day and that that will change everything. So, yeah, it was great speaking with you both. Uh, Your energy. I'm so much about energy and the energy. I just feel like so calm. And uh, so thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was so good to meet you. And if people don't already follow you, can you let our listeners know where they can connect with you? (laughs) They can connect with me on my Instagram, at Camilla Coelho. And yeah, I think Instagram is the best, though. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My Instagram, Camilla Coelho. And um, (laughs) our... Also on uh, our LLU's website, there's so much about me and so much about my brand there. And also on my own website, milliquilio.com. Yes. I'm going to name my daughter. Ella Luce, so Ella just Luce. FYI. <laughs> when you, I was like, she's like, like, I'm going to do that. Can you just give she's me a like, moment? taken. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you know, Ella Luce, Ella was a, have a baby name list for two years now. Mm. And Ella was under a girl name in my list. Ella is a beautiful name. It, it means she in or her, you mm. know, gorgeous name. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for such a good day. Um, Truly. So excited to connect with you. And yeah, we'll enjoy see you soon. Enjoy the rest. Excited for the next launch. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Camilla. That was a so beautiful, special so one. special. What a sweet, sweet human. And I have my little lose that in my car. I use my little gold fleck. Yo, it's Lip the gloss. best. It's the best. We put it on before and it, we were still did not hold a candle to the angel that walks on earth. Thank you so much for joining. It means so much. Again, if you think someone will find this inspiring, exciting, just to listen to, please send this along. This is how our community has grown. And if you're interested... The shop has 30% off every single thing, every single workshop that we have. We have a library of workshops on things like energy healing, anxiety, human design. And then we also have downloadables. So the Dream Bundle, which is um, a guide that helps you with your dream career, dream day. We have our inner peace program. We have apparel. We have so much available for you. And it's all 30% off this weekend. Yeah. And if you have any questions about any of those, please feel free to DM us at almost30podcast on Instagram. I'm at Lindsay Simsick. And I'm at It's Krista Williams. We love you so much. And we love you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.